You're tuned in to the MBIT Podcast, led by Seamus Madan. Economic and financial topics broken down. Educating you on your financial journey. All right, so uh, we'll start getting this thing going, and uh, hopefully uh, Dividend Hero pops on in the next minute in the next few minutes. Um, so good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us on my first live podcast episode. Um, I actually have a podcast called MBIT, um, all focused towards uh, educating people on personal finance. Um, so this is my first one on Twitter Spaces. Um, today we have uh, Mark or Dividend Dollar. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you joining us uh, on the Twitter Spaces. Um, so today we're going to be discussing um, some investing for beginners, um, ways to make money outside of your nine to five job, and uh, some other uh, financial information to help you uh, grow on your journey. Um, so make sure to give uh, Dividend Dollar a follow, as he's definitely worth the follow. He's got fantastic um, uh, tweets out there. Um, it's definitely worth it, as it doesn't cost anything. So might as well. Um, so. Before we continue, it is important to note that this space and podcast is not financial advice and is for informational purposes only. Um, now that we got that out of the way, um, if there is some time at the end, we will be bringing on uh, some people from the audience if they have any questions. Um, so before we get into the financial aspect of this space, I do want to bring out um, bring up this uh, recent news story. Um, so Macy's announced it'd be bringing uh, Toys R Us into the stores. Um, so, so what are your thoughts on that? Macy's is going to be bringing Toys R Us, the toys into their stores. Is that what you said? I, I hadn't seen that yet. Yeah. So I think that just recently came out uh, within the past day or so. Um, and my perspective on it is um, if they just uh, decided to add toys, I don't think they'd really get any press. Um, but because Toys R Us is like a brand and they built their brand over like a, over a decade, I think that's where they're getting the press, um, and it really shows uh, the importance of brand value. Yeah, I mean, de- definitely a brand, but I would say more probably in the um, those of us that are you know in our thirties and above. I would say you know I have two small kids that you know they may have stepped foot in a Toys R Us or know what Toys R Us is. They may have been there a, a couple times. So I, I think it you know it just from the sound of it. It just sounds like a move for Macy's there as they're trying to hang on. You know, um, another article that kind of posted or some news that broke this week was, you know, Amazon starting to, you know, increase their retail footprint, which is, you know, it's going to be kind of like a a department store feel. So I I feel like that's a um, just another blow to the likes of someone like um, Macy's. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how how that plays out. Um, Again, it's not something that I've looked into. I, I haven't owned Macy's in the past and not really a um, position that I'm looking to own in the future either. Yeah, same here. Don't have any shares in Macy's. <laughs> so um, uh, so now we can start uh, start up with the investing. Um, so first off, we can talk about uh, diversification. And uh, I believe it's essential to spread out your risk. Um, but what, what do you think? No, I, th- I think diver- diversification is key. You know, I, I do a lot of uh, investing coaching. It's it's one-on-one coaching with my um, Rusin financial business. And, and that's something, you know, that I, I preach. And there's a, you know, a multitude of different ways that you can go about it. You can take more of a, 
um, a hands-off approach and you can go the ETF route and, and index fund route, which really, you know, that's what I always like to see folks build a, what I call a strong foundation to their portfolio. And that's having strong positions that you can fall back on in, in, t- in tough times. Um, you know, the, the market's been a little uh, sh- shaky and kind of consolidating these, these past few weeks. And, um, you know, just having that strong foundation, whether it's index funds, um, ETFs, or even, you know, high quality uh, dividend stocks. And, but the, the thing about ETFs and, and index funds is if those are your first investments, you're, you know, diversifying right off the gate, because if you invest in something like a, an S and P 500 ETF or index fund, you have just, you know, invested in, in pieces of 500 stocks or so. Um, so I always think that's a, a great route for new investors to get started. Yeah, for sure. I believe the same thing. I think index funds are one, even if you're just learning about investing, um, even if you just put some money in index funds, that's one of the safest and uh, best places you can do to put your money. Um, I think one of the things that doesn't actually pop up very often is uh, over diversification. And I think that is possible. Um, so I definitely believe in diversification. But if you have if you're buying a bunch of individual stocks outside of an ETF, um, it could lead to misfocus on uh, one's portfolio. Um, and definitely that could result in ironically, more risk um, because you're not paying attention uh, to like hundreds of different of stocks every, all the time. Um, so there is that side of it too. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree in, in that uh, aspect is because when you go the individual stock route, you know, it's definitely a lot more hands-on. It's, it's a lot more keeping up with, um, you know, the quarterly earnings and, and just continuing to, to understand where the company's going, what's their forward guidance, you know, how, how they performed the last quarter. These are just things that, that you need to look at. And of course, if you have a, a um, portfolio that owns 50 plus stocks, that's just a lot more work. Um, whereas, you know, you can, I like to keep my individual positions around 30 or so. Um, you know, I'm a very hands-on investor, but I also have a, a huge um, portion of my portfolio in ETFs and index funds as well. Yeah, completely agree. So I got a DM from one of the people in the audience. Um, so what do you... What, uh, what are your thoughts on gold uh, for diversification? You know, I, I, um, I a couple of folks I, I've managed um, some money for, um, like, you know, close family, friends and, and stuff like that. And I, I, I have gold in those positions for folks that are, you know, a little bit older. And I, I don't own a portion of gold myself. I think it's a good um, investment for diversification, what we're talking about. You know, you have, um, you know, even crypto is a, a, a diversification, a, a way to diversify your portfolio these days. So, um, you know, if I were to go the, the gold route myself, um, you know, I, I just do the, uh, the, the GLD is the, kind of the, the route I've taken in, in some of those portfolios. Yeah, for sure. I've been invested in, I have been invested at all in gold myself. Um, I'm more of an, an ETF guy for uh, that kind of diversification. Uh, but I could see how people could use it, um, especially for uh, recessions. Gold is generally um, proven to uh, perform better in those times. Uh, but for me personally, I just don't think of it as that much of an investment, at least not to put too much money in. Sure. Um, so next up, we're going to be talking about uh, dividend yields uh, so and dividend stocks. Um, so uh, what are your thoughts on stocks with really high dividend yields like, um, for example, IBM? 
So, I mean, being dividend seeker, you know, I, I do have a, a big emphasis on dividend stocks. I love dividend stocks. Um, you know, if I ever post on Twitter or Instagram, folks will be like, and it's not a dividend stock. They'll kind of question, you know, like, why the heck are you investing in, you know, something like uh, Teladoc? And, you know, I don't just a disclaimer out there. I don't invest only in dividend stocks. I do have a good <laughs> portion of growth stocks. But, um, you know, my my rule that I always have out there is to not invest in a stock solely based on, on a high yield. You know, you want to look at you know what I call the sum of the parts and um, you want to find a, a company that has strong foundations. You want to look um, in terms of the financials, you know, look at the balance sheet. And really gaining that understanding of how the financials work. Um, the cash flow is such an important piece. If you look and you can calculate, you know, it's, it's super easy. And you can find these um, metrics already on something like Seeking Alpha. You can find what, a, what the free cash flow is of a company. And just looking at, you know, how much um, room there is for growth in, in, in some of these high yield stocks. So if Because that's really where the dividend is going to be paid out of at the end of the day. And it's really just taking the operating cash flow and subtracting out your um, your Cap, CapEx or the, the money that's being reinvested in, in the company and what's left over, compare that to what a what the dividends are being paid out of um, on that particular, you know, the past 12 months. And that kind of shows you your cushion. So if you have a cushion of, say, 50 percent, that kind of gives me, you know, some comfort that, you know, this is a, a dividend that has um, plenty of cushion. It looks like, you know, if, if they keep performing the way they're, they're saying they're going to perform going forward, that kind of t gives me comfort that this dividend is not only safe, but it could be, you know, growing here in the near future. And that's, you know, something that I hone in on a lot being um, more a, a dividend growth investor. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when I look at uh, dividend stocks, I his they historically see less, um, I think it's important to keep in mind, uh, less price appreciation um, than uh, growth stocks. Um, but the, there is the benefit of uh, as you said, the quarterly payments, um, especially if the dividend yield is higher. Um, so, so what my thoughts are um, is to just take multiple strategies, like you mentioned, um, put some in index funds, uh, growth stocks, and others in dividend stocks uh, to balance your portfolio out. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a little bit dabbling in in all of them, but just to, to kind of go back on in terms of growth stocks. When we think of growth stocks, we think of the ones that are, you know, out there on on. The, the financial Twitter, FinTwit all the time that people kind of talk about that's, you know, moving high up. But, you know, in terms of growth stocks or all these stocks that don't pay dividends, um, to kind of throw my plug in there for REITs, which are real estate investment trusts, um, they were actually, prior to the pandemic, they were the um, the best asset, best performing asset class for the past couple decades. And, you know, that says a lot for, you know, people say, you know, real estate, high yields, you know, they kind of just, they're, consistent and slow moving. Um, but, you know, the facts are that they've actually been the the best performing asset class where you have, you know, certain if you look, if you're just going to compare it to Tesla or, um, you know, Roku, then yeah, those, those couple things that you can point out to, but gross stocks in general, um, you know, you got to look at the, the entire picture. Yeah, for sure. And especially when you're investing, it's important to recognize um, that you shouldn't just invest in like the stock market. Um, there's also other types of asset classes that you should consider, uh, as you mentioned, real estate um, and diversifying it across multiple different sectors um, that helps reduce your risk uh, along with your potential upside um, for the future. Absolutely. You know, it, the, these days, it's so much easier with, you know, even in the stock market with fractional shares in, in the past, it's been, you know, if someone had 500 bucks to invest, they're like, well, I can't, I want Amazon, but I can't invest in it. But with fractional shares now, 
that just makes it you know that much easier and the same goes for real estate i mean you have and i don't use utilize any of these platforms right now but i have some friends on on twitter that do and have good things to say about it but you know there's there's crowdsourcing type things where you can get involved with um, buying actual real estate for you know five hundred or a thousand bucks and earn dividends on it. Now your your money's going to be less liquid, but at the same time, it just there, there's opportunities out there with with technology and just all these you know companies that have come about to you know fully diversify your portfolio outside of the stock market as well. Yeah, for sure. And most people, um, going back to your point on fractional shares, um, don't actually recognize uh, the value of that. Um, a lot of people will see, uh, for example, Microsoft and say, oh, it's like $605 or whatever uh, it is per share um, and be like, oh, that's way too expensive. And then instead invest in some random $10 penny stock or something. Um, and and it's, it's not really what you should be doing. Instead, you should be taking a look at the fundamentals, going the Warren Buffett route um, and uh, finding why you should invest in one stock over the other. Um, and by doing fractional shares, that allows you to put as little as a dollar into any stock um, and still have upside. Um, so a lot of people might say that they don't have the money to invest, but as long as, as long as you have a dollar in your savings account, technically you have enough to invest. But at that point you should probably be focusing on an emergency fund instead of investing. Um, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> the fractional shares has really opened the door for a lot of, um, you know, retail type investors and, and new investors, for a matter of fact. I mean, you, you don't, getting into investing, you don't want to walk in and just say, all right, I'm going to drop, you know, 20 grand in here. You kind of want to feel it out a little bit. And, and if you only have, you know, a couple hundred bucks, you can, you know, invest in, in anything now. And I get messages all the time, either on email or social media saying, hey, give me, you know, I have 50 bucks to invest. Give me a, um, a couple stocks that's that are, you know, under $25 a share. And, you know, I kind of pause and, and take us have kind of explain it to them saying, you know, no matter if you spend I think it's a psychological thing. No matter if you spend 50 bucks on Microsoft, which is around, you know, 300 bucks a share and, you know, you get a, a quarter of a, a piece of a share or you go and buy, like you were saying, a, a $10 stock and say, oh, I can buy, you know, two whole or five whole shares or whatever. You're investing 50 bucks, whether it's a one share, whether it's 500 shares, whether it's 0.10 shares. If that stock goes up 5%, your 50 bucks is going to go up 5, 5%. So don't, don't look at it as, a you know, I need to buy a whole share or, you know, I, I know it's more exciting to buy whole shares, but at the same time, if you're, if you find an investment that's of higher quality and going to earn more money, you know, over the long term, that's, that's our goal there. Our goal isn't to own, you know, say we own 500 shares of a particular stock. It's to say we earned, you know, 500% over the past couple of years. So. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a, a psychological thing. Um, the same things happen um, when a stock splits, right? So when Apple split, um, or when Tesla split, the stock just skyrocketed um, in price just because the price per share is now lower than it was before. But the market cap is, uh, remains exactly the same. So you really have to be looking at the market value, what the company is, um, and et cetera. Um, so really the key takeaway here is no matter the amount you invest, the lessons and what you learn remain the same. Um, so now I'm going to bring up a different statistic um, to discuss. Uh, which is the average household um, spends around 76% of their pre-tax income, uh, which is insane. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it kind of goes back to, and I, I, I kind of tweet about it often, is just kind of our, here at least here in the U.S., our, our education system and the lack of 
um, you know, preparing young folks and, and, you know, I don't know how much I, I wanted to listen to financial topics at a young age, but for those that, you know, could take it in, um, it's, it's just, you know, I wish they would teach them more about, you know, financial responsibility. And, and, you know, I talked to a lot of clients that I, that I work with on the personal finance side, because I do personal finance coaching, you know, helping people set up, get up a, a debt plan, a debt payoff plan and, and a retirement plan set up. And then I also have the investing side of things, but, you know, my rule of thumb when, when folks come to me and, and they want to, you know, go out and say buy a house, you know, the, the rules that are often out there by folks that are in the personal finance field is, you know, really when you're, you're looking to buy a home, you, your payment shouldn't be any more than um, 25% of your take-home pay. And a home shouldn't be any more than three times your, your gross salary. And if you guys follow um, budget dog. I know he shares the same um, thought as me. And, you know, he's a, a big personal finance guy out on Instagram and Twitter. And, um, but I think when it comes down to personal finances and getting those in order, it's really just setting up a budget as, as boring as it can sound. It's set up a budget and just start, you know, looking at all of your expenses and really challenging those expenses and, and honing in on entertainment, eating out car payments you may not need. Um, is there is there another car out there that you know you're going out there and focusing on a depreciating asset when you can go and, and invest you know a little bit in real estate or in the stock market that's hopefully going to appreciate over time? Yeah, for sure. Spend less and save more. Um, so before we continue with that, I brought up uh, Dividend Hero, uh, who was one of the speakers for today. So how are you? Uh, how are you doing today? Hey man, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Just just joined up, so just caught the end of that. Yep, sure. So uh, uh, I'm actually going to go back to a previous topic real quick, which we talked about um, dividend stocks. Uh, so what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a broad question in terms of just general... In terms of investing in dividend stocks or allocation of portfolio in that matter. Yeah, I mean, personally, I focus more on uh, dividend growth stocks. So companies that are currently raising their dividends and have a track record of dividend increases. So people like to look at dividend stocks and look at the, you know, seven and 8% yields that are out there. And that's fine and dandy and you can get some nice dividends. Um, but I'm only 23. I'm focused on the long term. I want to invest in quality um, long-term companies and um, so something like a, like a higher yielding um, just kind of sideways trade trading dividend stock doesn't excite me as much as a, as a, um, a dividend stock that's raising its dividend um, year over year and has a track record of doing that. So I think there's just there, there's a lot that can go into to buying dividend stocks, not just looking at um, the payout or the yield or, or things like that. There's always a little bit more a little bit more research that goes into it. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate your perspective on that. Um, so I'm going to go back to, to what we were talking about before, the statistic about how the average household spends 76% of their uh, pre-tax in income. So Dividend Hero, what's your thoughts on uh, on that statistic? That is that is brand new information to me. 70, you said 76% of their take-home income? Yeah, pre-tax, yeah. They spend that pre-tax. Um, doesn't surprise me. I mean, just knowing, um, how many, how much debt people carry, um, how much, okay, how much bad debt people carry. Um, a lot of times people are getting paid and they're instantly having to turn around and, and pay, pay out, um, you know, whether it's car payments or credit cards or student loans or you name it, the list goes on. But, um, 
it is kind of tough to hear stories about people who are having to just pay over their whole paycheck uh, every two weeks. Um, and yeah, I mean, personal savings rate can always be higher. Um, but that is a, that is a surprising statistic, 76%. That leaves very little wiggle room um, for um, investing and having a life outside of your, your utilities and your rent and your, your normal expenses. So um, that doesn't really give a lot of, of margin of error. Um, so I would say, you know, anybody in that situation, just really hone in on cutting back where you can and um, analyzing your, analyzing your position and um, doing whatever you can to, to save as much as you can as fast as you can. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially saving and less spending. Our, our society is currently mainly consumerism. I think we have to start shifting towards the uh, topics of investing more and especially teaching uh, young, uh, the younger audience about that. Um, so in, I brought up uh, investing Austin. So you have, do you have anything to say on that statistic? Um, just to kind of build off what you guys were talking about already, I think the two major things probably come back to what we were talking about. There's no education level to, to kind of tell people that you should be investing. You know, a lot of my, my friends and, and family in general don't really know enough about investing, I think, to really get to that point of saving. Um, and then it goes back to kind of the, the cliche of keeping up with the Joneses thing where people are just trying to buy the vehicles and trying to buy the houses to kind of look rich and, you know, not really save their income to, to build that wealth. So, I think it goes down to education and then, you know, the consumer lifestyle that you guys are talking about. Yeah, for sure. I think the one of the most important things uh, that a lot of people don't recognize is uh, micro purchases. Um, so, for example, like uh, five dollars on a cup of coffee every day. Um, that's ridiculous. Um, people should be focused more uh, focused definitely a lot on that, too, um, because that's one of those areas where if you because it's so small psychologically you think it's it's basically uh accounts for nothing um but when when it adds up over time um especially when you consider the uh potential uh growth you could have had uh, compounding in the market um that's a lot of money and a lot of people don't really recognize uh, that effect um especially subtracting that from the income and then the second thing you were saying is um just trying to buy stuff to impress other people. And I, I do not believe that that is a good thing at all. I think more people should be focused on um, investing and less on purchasing uh, products or whatever to impress other people. Um, because if you do that, you're just going to upset yourself. Um, you really should be investing in yourself and, uh, and in your future. Um, so uh, on the topic of uh, saving more, um, you also have to earn more income. Um, so, for example, it's fantastic to have a nine-to-five that you enjoy, but even so, people should be finding other ways um, to make money outside of their nine-to-five, um, like starting a side hustle. Uh, so what is everyone's thoughts on side hustles? I'm all for them since, you know, I, I'm doing one, you know, myself, I, th I think it's important to, to have, you know, multiple income streams, you never want to rely just on one. And it, it really comes down to just finding 
you know, your talent and, and what you can offer and, and just kind of ask the question, what's out there? What, what is something that needs to be answered? And, you know, I think for myself and, and the other speakers on here, it's, it's, you know, spreading financial literacy, you know, first and foremost, we're not on here to, you know, our, our first mindset, at least mine wasn't to, to make a bunch of money on the side hustle. It's, I truly enjoy helping folks and answering those questions and then getting, you know, emails on, you know, I, I started my investing journey. So thankful for everything, you know, that that's the reason I do it. Um, but, you know, just find, find what makes you happy and find, you know, a talent that, that you can add value, um, whether it's, you know, being a, a football coach or, or maybe you're, you know, you could be a, a tutor with, with schools out there, especially, uh, you know, with, with so many kids that are doing virtual school these days. I, you know, I'm, I'm a visual learner myself. So, you know, if I were still in school today trying to do virtual learning, I, I wouldn't be a wreck. Um, and, and the parents out there that are trying to work, you know, it's tough times, but there's there's a need out there and just finding a need where you can add value and, and build multiple income streams um, and then just using that money to invest. And, and there you go. Once you start investing, if you have dividend stocks, there's another income stream that's that's, you know, completely passive. You just kind of, you know, set it in and, and let it put it on cruise control. Um, whether it's dividend stocks or ETFs, index funds, that's kind of, you know, paying um, on a quarterly basis or even a monthly basis. Um, or you can start investing in real estate as well. So there's, you know, numerous opportunities out there and it's just finding where you can add value um, and something you can enjoy as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you said there. I think the biggest thing, especially for us on Twitter you know, I just started making my account a few months ago. I didn't know the money aspect. I didn't know the side hustle aspect of the, you know, money Twitter side of things. And that's not why I joined. And so I think that's a big thing with a side hustle is, yeah, it's to gain extra money. But at the same time, if it's not something you enjoy and it's not something that you're waking up ready to do every single day, I think you're going to get burnt out. And to kind of his point, I think, can you guys still hear me? Yep, you're coming through. Let me ask connection, but um, yeah, I just think, I think the bigger thing should be, it's, it should be something you enjoy, whether if you like sports, you know, like, like he said, be a coach, you know, be a referee, be an umpire, uh, mow grasses, mow lawns, flip, flip stuff on Amazon. I know a lot of people on here have vending machines. Um, you know, a lot of people on here, since uh, investing and finance is what they do, they'll, they'll do side sessions of one-on-one of -on -one coaching. It's because it's something they enjoy. It's something they're knowledgeable about, or they have a lot of knowledge about, um, and it's something they can add value to. So uh, I totally agree to him. I think it can be anything. I don't think you have to set yourself up for, you know, I, I know a lot of people on here do affiliate marketing. That's not everybody's thing. Um, it can be anything that you think you can add value to and you can, you know, make a, make a profit on. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Dividend Hero, do you have any thoughts on uh, side hustles? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um a lot of the, the main points have been covered, but finding something you enjoy and that you'll stick with. And um, if you enjoy, um, if you enjoy what you do and it doesn't feel like work and it doesn't feel like something you're just tacking on extra and it's weighing you down and um, you know, the money might not be great at first, but you know, give it a year and the money will come and you know, your focus isn't even on the money. I mean, if you just keep your focus on, um, you know, whatever your side hustle is, but, um, uh, a recent one of mine is, is my Substack newsletter. And so just really focused on putting out good content. I've been doing some deep dives on the companies, 
Um, and I've thoroughly been enjoying that. And so um, it's kind of taken investing to a whole other level for me, um, really getting in and learning more about, about the companies. Um, it's something I haven't always taken the time to do. And so I'm finding the, the importance of it. And so um, anyways, but yeah, finding something you enjoy and something that may, might not feel like work. And you can, you can really just turn a passion of yours or a hobby of yours into something that, that brings in income. Um, and, you know, plenty, plenty of people, you'll see screenshots of people making a thousand dollars every two weeks or, you know, however much they make. And um, I'll say, just don't, don't compare whatever you're doing to what they're doing. Uh, don't try to be, be like them. Um, I'm going to make you happy and, and don't let any kind of screenshots, you know, force you into something that you don't want to do or, if you think that just because they do it, you can do it too. Um, everybody's different, and, and so kind of stay in your own lane, and, uh, and and build something unique, and build something of your own. Um, and if you're if you're doing it the right way, um, then then people will will see your value, um, and that's a great way to make make some extra money in the long run. Whether it be fifty bucks a week, a hundred bucks a week, whatever it may be, and then yeah, turning around and investing it. Uh, I always tell people of like. You know, pass, passive income or a side hustle is useless if you're going to turn around and spend it on extra stuff you don't need. You know, what, what's the point of a side hustle if you're just going to, you know, buy stuff you wouldn't normally buy just because you have extra money? Well, then that just kind of defeats the whole purpose. I mean, the whole purpose is to bring in extra income and then be financially responsible with that extra income um, and save it and invest it. And just even that little bit right now will we'll pay huge dividends down the road in 20 years. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I pinned a tweet at the top uh, showing uh, really how easy it is, uh, at least compared to what it was in the 1980s, um, to start a side hustle. Like, as long as you have a phone or whatever, and you have a passion or energy for something, then you should just follow it. Um, and no matter what your job is, if there's something that you always wanted to do outside of your nine to five, um, the best time to tackle it is now. Like you're not going to ever have a perfect time in life. Um, so side hustles are a perfect opportunity to start giving you uh, extra income on the side. Yeah. And I, I think both of them kind of touched on that a little bit as well, but, but don't go after it for the money because you're going to get burnt out really quick. And typically you don't see results right away. Like it may be six months, it may be a year, it may be two years before you see any kind of big dollars that, you know, it's going to be hard to stay motivated if it isn't something that you love to do. So definitely don't chase the money right away and just chase your passion and the money will definitely come. Yeah, for sure. Passion and energy. Um, does any, uh, anybody of the speakers uh, have anything to uh, mention or any topics to bring up before we uh, uh, ask for any questions from the audience? If anyone has any questions. Um, I, I know earlier you guys were talking about diversification. Do any of you touch any, you know, I'm, I'm more of an ETF kind of guy. I just like to, to kind of get into like the S&P 500 VOO is kind of what I invest in most. I don't, you know, invest in single companies typically. Um, do you guys touch any international stocks for diversification or do you guys kind of stay out of that? Um, me personally, I stay out of international because what I know is uh, the U.S. economy and the stock market. Um, I mean, if I took the time to educate myself on some other things um, internationally, uh, then possibly. Um, but the one international area I would not touch no matter what is uh, China, as it's just way too risky. Um, 
uh, I was listening in on a different podcast, the All In podcast, um, that one of an education company basically brought down 90 percent, 90 plus percent of its value just because uh, the government had control over the company um, and they had to do what's right uh, for humanity or something. Um, so it wasn't really focused on uh, business wise. Um, so I, I would avoid China, but that's me. Um, does anyone else have any thoughts? Yeah, I, I think that your best bet, um, especially if you're just starting investing, is to to focus on the U.S. markets. Um, but in terms of myself personally, I did have um, exposure um, in Alibaba and Neo. Both of them, you know, I, I was able to to squeak out some some pretty good gains in them. Um, and and you know, I'm completely out of them now, thankfully, because I, I feel like you know Alibaba is making a new low almost on a daily basis. I think I tweeted today that it's been about eight straight days <clears throat> that they've made a new low. So you know. Both both companies are fantastic, Alibaba and Neo. I mean, Neo's just cranking out vehicles over there. They're going to be going through their expansion. Um, you know, they have the battery exchange. The, the whole thing is, you know, they're led by a founder-led business who's, you know, um, a sharp guy. And, you know, I, I just really like the company, but, you know, I couldn't trust the um, Chinese government. And, you know, they're, they're trying to prove a point to ensure that everyone knows, you know, who's in charge over there. And it just, um, you know, when, when those reports started coming out, you know, a, a few months ago, that was kind of the red flags for me. And, and I, um, I jumped out of those, thankfully. So, um, but yeah, I agree right now. I think China's just way too risky, um, unless you're a high risk, high reward type of uh, investor. For sure. I brought in uh, the defensive investor. Do you have any uh, thoughts on uh, this topic? Uh, hey, how are you guys doing? Well, actually, um, I'm the opposite in the sense that I'm following the news and seeing what China is doing. It's not really much different from when the U.S., like, they would put um, antitrust uh, regulations and stuff like on Facebook and Apple. I think the Western media is making a bigger deal of it than what it is. I have a few Chinese ho um, stocks. I'm a big fan of Neo. I bought some Alibaba this week on the dip, and I have a um. I think I have another ETF, FXI. I think so. I, I'm a big believer in China. Honestly, it might sound risky. I wouldn't advise like if you're um just started investing to focus on that, but. I'm a big believer in China, just like Ray Dalio is. That's just my take on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Dividend Hero, do you have any thoughts on uh, the Chinese market? Yeah, I uh, I tend to stay away from any any direct um, Chinese names. Um, I'm sure some of my companies have Chinese exposure. Um, I know some of my companies have Chinese exposure, but um, yeah, I usually just stick to what I know. I don't, I don't understand the, the Chinese economy. I don't understand how the government works. I'm not, I don't understand the regulations. Um, and, and like it was, like it was just mentioned, I'm, I'm sure a lot of it is is overplayed uh, by our media, and and things might not be what they seem. Um, but a lot of the companies and products are not are not things I'm using every single day. Not things I've ever 
seen or laid my eyes on or had my hands on. And so uh, it's just kind of out of my comfort zone. Um, I mean, I see the opportunity. It's a huge country. There's a ton of people um, in a very, very big economy. Um, but there just always seems to be something uh, something more going on with a lot of the a lot of the companies um, and you lose a lot of trust. And so um, I kind of stick to what I know stuff in the U.S. Um, and products that I use every day. Yeah, for sure. Um, and does anyone have any thoughts on the innovation aspect of China? So do you guys think uh, it might stunt uh, innovation um, for people thinking about creating startups in China? Or do you think they'll move elsewhere uh, to build their startup? I, I don't think it will stunt it. Are backtracking on this whole thing about um, getting consensus from customers to use um, their location and certain data and stuff like that. That's one of the big things why, uh, why Alibaba stock got hit. And that's basically a rule already in place in the U.S. So when they said um, China always trying to control it, no. They're basically trying to do the same thing that the U.S. is already doing. It's just the media is making it a bigger deal than it is. So, for example, Alibaba, they need to have um, the customer's consensus to do certain things like track their location. Before that, before now, they could do whatever they want with whatever data. So China is trying to secure the customers and make it more um, ready, readily available for others to enter certain market. So just like um, what America is already doing. So like I said, I don't see the big deal. And at some point, like Ray Dahlia said, China is going to become the superpower when it comes on to the economy because they're the only, they're the first one I think are the first or only one to post a positive um, economy since the pandemic. So I think they have big things in store. Yeah, for sure. They're definitely the leader, um, especially in production. Um, and they'll stay that way for a while unless uh, some other country swoops in and decides to uh, take on China. Um, and then it'll be a different story. Um, but Dividend uh, Seeker, what are your thoughts on um, uh, China and innovation? You know, I think there's kind of a lot to unpack there, and, and there's no doubt that you know the media has kind of, um, you know, the way they've 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 played this to be a, a huge deal. But at the same time, the the intriguing thing I, I hear you when you say you know it's kind of the same thing in the U.S. and you know there's there's certain U.S. companies that are blocked over there in China. But the unique thing is that they they've rarely we've have we seen them do it to their own large companies. They've always you know focused and put their own you know, um, homegrown businesses kind of on a pedestal to push them. And, you know, Alibaba has been kind of their baby and their big time growth company. So it was really interesting to kind of pull the reins a little bit on them a little bit. Um, that, that's kind of my, my only thoughts. But I think it's, you know, undeniable to, to talk about the, the growth that we're seeing in China. I don't, you know, I'm a um, big proponent of, you know, Starbucks and I, and I love the growth I'm seeing in China. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay focused on, primarily U.S. Um, based stocks. But, you know, the, the only two that I would ever, you know, look at again would just probably be Alibaba and um, Neo is probably my favorite of, you know, those two. Yeah, definitely. Same here. Alibaba uh, would uh, would definitely be one for me as well. Um, 
but I definitely going to stay in the U.S. for now. Um, Investing Austin, do you have anything to say on uh, uh, innovation in China? No, just kind of reiterating, like, I, I think it is kind of, I don't know if it's necessarily right or wrong, but people tend to think China can be a little more controlling toward companies. And I think, you know, even in the crypto space where they stopped the ability to, to mine, um, you know, I think little stuff like that kind of scares people away from China, but you can't, you can't deny the amount of people and, and the, the power their economy has. So um, I don't know a ton about China um, other than the headlines. So I can't really speak a ton to it, but it's about all I have. Yeah, for sure. It's like a monopolistic uh, country. Um, so does anyone else have any other uh, topics that you might want to bring up uh, before we uh, ask for any questions uh, from the audience? Okay, then. Uh, so any if you guys have a question in the audience, just uh, request um, and uh, we'll bring you up here and you can ask the question uh, to one of our speakers. Um, in the meantime, uh, we can talk about uh, investing in personal finance um, so and educating yourself. Um, so I personally think that if you have $100 or whatever, um, you should be investing in you and maybe not spending it on $5 on a cup of coffee every week or every day. Um, and I, I think most people don't actually recognize it, but the but the returns on that is actually exponential. You could be five to 10 X what it costs you um, uh, to acquire that skill just because you can sell that skill or use it to, uh, in, to further grow your own personal finances. Um, and we worked with uh, Jim Cramer in the street um, to do some personal finance and investing courses. And I think no matter what uh, courses or anything you do, um, investing in yourself and educating yourself on the markets and your personal finances uh, is extremely important. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, investing in yourself is uh, is the ultimate investment. And, you know, I just um, finally launched my, my YouTube channel today. And that, that was actually, you know, one of the key topics on my first video there was, you know, before you do anything in, in getting investing and starting that, I think it's important to, you know, invest in yourself, invest in your knowledge and, and gain a, a true understanding of, you know, the overall stock market, how it works, what makes um, certain stocks, you know, tick and, you know, the quarterly reports and understanding, you know, a basic understanding of, um, the financial statements. And then, you know, you don't have to be an expert or have, you know, some certain degree, but just have a, a, a good understanding. And, you know, these, this day and age, there's so much information out there, whether it's, you know, YouTube or, you know, here on Twitter and, and various courses that you can take and books. Um, there's just, it's, it's all readily available at your fingertips. And, and most of it, you don't have to go out and spend, you know, a thousand dollars on this type of stuff to, to gain a good understanding out there. So, um, you know, once, once you're getting that understanding, then I think you start, you know, jumping in and, and buying some ETFs and getting some broad exposure. And then, you know, kind of once you build that base, kind of dabble in with some, uh, some growth stocks, if that's kind of your strategy. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, uh, investing in yourself is crucial. When people ask me what's the best thing I ever did, it's it is go to college. And I know that's a pretty extreme example. Not everybody's going to go to college and spend forty, fifty thousand dollars. But I went and got a degree in finance, and um, not only is it going to increase my salary for the rest of my life, but I also learned the ins and outs of, of personal finance and investing. So, um, you know, it doesn't have to be something as big as that. It could be buying a book. It could be you know, just investing your time and watching a couple YouTube videos and. Um, getting that knowledge that can definitely just increase your, your net worth forever. Like, yeah, maybe I spent forty fifty thousand dollars 
uh, in school. But if that turns me into a multi-million dollar person, you know, later on in my life, that's that that investment was worth it. So, um, you know, I, I think, again, it doesn't have to be that extreme. It can be a couple books and, uh, you know, personal finance isn't isn't as tough as people think. And it's, you know, it can be as simple as, as just getting on a budget and investing in ETFs that are, you know, either VTI or VOO. And uh, if you consistently do that throughout your whole life, you'll you'll learn quickly that can make you a millionaire. So um, it can be as simple as just investing your time and learning the knowledge. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dividend Hero, do you have any thoughts on uh, educating and investing in yourself? There we go. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of to reiterate some of the points that have already been said, um, but they're all super valid ones and super important. Um, but investing in yourself um, really does pay dividends down the road. And uh, there's a lot of a lot of different ways you can invest in yourself, and that and that looks a little different for everybody. Um, just to just to find what, what's going to work for you and. Um, how you're gonna how you're gonna generate a good return on your investment, um, and and I'll say that investing in yourself is not always perfect. Um, you're gonna fail, um, just like your investments in the stock market fail sometimes. Um, stocks don't always go up. Um, sometimes you buy at the wrong time, or it's just not a good company, or you know, things turn south and you didn't expect it. And so the same thing can happen in your personal life. I mean, certainly keep investing in yourself and, and learn from failures. Um, and don't let, you know, don't let one failure stop you from, from trying something new um, and trying something different. And um, just keep, keep finding what works and um, something will stick eventually. Um, so definitely learn from failure. Um, and, and don't be afraid to, to, con- to continuously reinvent yourself. Um, and branch out into new avenues. Um, you, you don't know what you're what you're capable of. Um, I didn't think I was capable of building a Twitter account this size and most people and putting my personal finance on a Friday night at ten o'clock. You know, with a bunch of people on Twitter, like who would have ever thought that was possible? Um, so it's just kind of you know, investing in yourself really really does go a long way, and, and you, you never know where it's going to take you. Yeah, for sure. And before we start to close up the space, I just want to uh, give a shout out to all the speakers that came up today. Uh, make sure you follow all of them. They all have excellent content on their profiles. Um, it doesn't cost you anything and uh, you learn more on your financial journey. Um, I'm personally trying to get to 200. Um, so if we could get that to happen, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, all these uh, speakers are definitely worth the follow. And uh, we'll uh, have some last minute thoughts uh, for everybody up here. And uh, then we'll close out the space. Um, so first up, uh, Dividend Seeker, do you have any last minute thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I just want to say thanks for, for having me and, and for all those uh, listeners out there. You know, feel free to um, shoot me a question anytime you guys, you know, um, if there's a topic you want to discuss. Um, you know, I love talking finances and, and stocks and, you know, just, you know, focus and, and take it a day at a time. Focus on, you know, building building wealth, but start by investing in yourself first and, and gain that knowledge. And then, you know, start um, building that portfolio and take that that long term approach. You know, anytime someone takes the, the get rich quick and, and try and uh, use that uh, get out of jail free card to um, uh, make, make up for, you know, maybe past 
financial issues that they've had or problems and poor purchases, you know, learn from the past and, and build, um, build back, you know, in a, in a more positive way moving forward and, and just taking it a day at a time. Yeah, for sure. And um, Dividend Hero, do you have any last minute thoughts? Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. This is great. Uh, mess- messages like this um, can't ever be repeated too many times. I know I put out a tweet today about uh, we're kind of in a little bubble here on um, financial Twitter. A lot of stuff you see over and over again, but um, get out into the real world and talk to people, try to talk to people about the stock market or investing. Um, people aren't going to know what the S and P 500 is. People aren't going to know even that you can even invest on your own. They think you need a financial advisor, um, just all kinds of stuff. And there's absolutely no shame in that. We've all been there. Um, but certainly getting education out there and, um, you know, hopefully this space, um, helped even one person, even one listener, um, it's worth my time if it helps one person, um, because that's just how you build a community. Um, and that's how you, you educate people. And, and hopefully more than one person took something away from this. Um, but, um, yeah, this was great. Definitely, definitely keep doing it. Um, it's awesome to see you growing your account and, and reaching out to accounts and kind of bringing everybody together to, to jump on spaces. And it's, it's good to hear different perspectives and, um, just get, get different people in the conversation. And um, yeah, this is awesome. So thanks again for having me and um, definitely look forward to uh, any, any future, any future spaces you might be having. And um, yeah. And, 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 and anybody in the audience, definitely reach out to me. If you have any questions, um, let me know that you heard me on this space. I get tons of deep, random DMS every, all day, every day. And it's hard to know who to, who to actually respond to. And um things like that. So just let me know, Hey, I heard you talking on the space. Um, and you'll definitely get a response. So, uh, thanks everybody. Have a good night. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and on the topic of educating yourself, I have a podcast, it's called MBIT, um, markets, business, investing in tech. Um, and at MBIT podcast, uh, basically the whole point is to educate others on investing, especially people, um, beginning and on their personal finance journey. Um, so I appreciate everyone who was a speaker today um, and uh, investing. Austin, do you have any uh, last uh, anything uh, to say at the end? Yeah, just uh, thank you for letting me speak today. You know, this is one of this is my first space that I've actually spoken on. So uh, a really, really cool experience for me. But um, just to kind of highlight what we talked about. Yeah, definitely invest in yourself. It's so important just to get that base education. Um, as much as I respect everybody here on Money Twitter, um, I, I would never recommend that you just kind of go and base your ideas off of what everybody says on here. You know, you definitely want to know 100% what you're investing in, why you're investing in it. Um, you know, if you want to go down the individual stock route, it's definitely something you should research on your own and not just kind of pick uh, depending on, um, you know, what other people are saying. And if you go the index fund or ETF route, uh, I think it's very important to kind of just, you know, keep your emotions in check and, and know the stock market's going to go up and down and just kind of be in it for the long haul, you know. Um, the S and P's returned eight to 12% per year since inception. So, um, there's really nothing to be worried about unless you sell your stock. So, uh, just be patient, disciplined, and consistent. And, you know, you're going to see your money grow. Yeah, for sure. And, um, to, 
Uh, to final it out, uh, def- the defensive investor, do you have anything to add uh, last minute? Yeah, I just want to say, like everyone keeps saying, um, I know it sounds like it's a cliche, invest in yourself, invest in yourself. With my experience starting out, I remember three years ago, my library of um, finance, financial books was more than my um, investing portfolio. And that's something that I always look back and say that was one of the best decisions I make, spending time learning, spending time investing in yourself, understanding the market and stuff like that. Because, I mean, the market can go up and down anytime, but whatever you learn, whatever you invest in yourself, educational-wise, that's always going to be there. It's it's not going to fluctuate with the market. It's only going to get better. You can't read a book on finance and end it up worse than you started what most of the books that I've read. So there's no beat getting worse in that way. So just invest in yourself, starting out, focus and following um, people who are doing what you want to do, people who are showing results, not just actually talking about it, but see the result. Because like um, a lot of people on Twitter talk about stuff, but follow those who you actually see the result before you actually say, okay, I want to be like this person because it's easy to talk, but if you don't have skin in the game, that's a whole not a ball game. So thanks. for I know I dropped in late, but thanks for letting me share my few thoughts. Yeah, sure. I appreciate all the speakers um, coming on uh, to the spaces. Um, I think uh, Dividend here had to jump off a little bit early. Um, but I hope everyone has and enjoys their uh, Friday night. And uh, thanks again for hopping on the spaces. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Disclaimer. The MBIT podcast is reflecting the opinion of only the host. The podcast is for informational purposes only. The podcast is also not a research report. It is not a recommendation to purchase or sell any stocks, holdings, or securities. The podcast is also not meant to serve as a basis of any investment decision.